Hey guys, the voice of nations broadcast is on the air, bringing you another very exciting word from the Lord. I'm your host, Kerry B. This is Bond Radio. Today, I want to speak about the prophet Jonah, and I want to entitle this segment, No Hiding Place. There is no hiding place from God. Let's get into the lesson. I hope you're having a blessed day. Our text is coming from Jonah, the first chapter. And uh, we want to take a look at a few verses and uh, talk about this prophet that was running from God. Jonah, the first chapter, the first verse, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now let me stop right there. As I said before, Jonah is considered as one of the minor prophets. He had a calling on his life. He had been given instruction by God. He knew the voice of God. This is not the first time he ever heard the voice of God. He knew, he recognized that voice. But God was telling Jonah to do something that uh, oftentimes those of us that are in ministry are just in our regular day walk with God. Sometimes God gives you instruction and you don't want to do it. And Jonah was that, he was in his flesh that day, I guess. <laughs> and he just did not want to obey God. God told him, he said, arise, get up from here. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and speak or prophesy or cry out against it. Because their sins, their wickedness, their transgressions, their iniquities have come up before me. Jonah did not want to do this because the Ninevites and the Israelites had uh, fights for many years. They were enemies and he did not want to see their salvation. He knew if he prophesied uh, a call against them um, to repent unto God, that God would save them. He did not want their salvation. And uh, so Jonah uh, decided that he was going to rebel against God. And it's not a good thing to disobey God at any time, but particularly when you have a calling on your life. I'm reminded of Saul before his name was changed to Paul, the great apostle. He had this zeal um, for Judaism. He had this zeal for um, trying to make sure that Everything was done right according to his knowledge. And he was persecuting the Christians until one day he met a light that knocked him off his horse. And that light was Jesus. And he said, uh, so, so why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? Um, what you're doing, you think is right, but it's wrong. He was knocked down. He was blinded. What Jonah was doing, he thought it was right, but it was wrong because he was disobeying the voice of God. In the third verse, it says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And let me stop right there. How can you flee from the presence of the Lord? Now, <laughs> It says he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. 
So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, Jonah left from where he was. He went down to a port city called Joppa. It's an ancient city, port city. It is located where Tel Aviv is in Israel today. But instead of going to Nineveh, and Nineveh is located where present-day Iraq is. It's one of the cities there. Nineveh was about 700 plus miles from where Jonah was located. But instead of the traveling the 700 miles, plus miles, as he was instructed, go to Nineveh and cry out against them. Go to Nineveh and preach the word for them. Jonah didn't want to do it. Instead of going to 700 plus miles to Nineveh, he decided to go and get on a boat to go in the opposite direction to Tarshish. Now Tarshish, from where Jonah was located, is 3,000 miles. Tarshish is located somewhere in Spain. He, he, he is heading the opposite direction from where God had instructed him to go. Jonah, you're about to mess up, brother. I need to talk to you. How many times has God spoken to you and you clearly knew that it was the voice of the Lord, but you chose to disobey him anyway? God said not to do this, and what did you do? You did it. I never will forget, I used to be a wedding photographer many years ago. And at that time, I only had one camera and any wedding photographer always needs a backup camera. And uh, I had received my tithe and I heard clearly the Lord say, I want you to pay your tithes, put your tithes aside so you can pay it on Sunday. The wedding was on that Saturday, and I had some other things that I needed to do with that tithe money. And I had gone to the location. I heard the voice of God. God said, Carrie, pay your tithes. Put it aside so when you go to church, you can put it uh, in the basket. I didn't want to do that because it was a little too much for me at that time. And I wasn't a, a good tither, no way, not all the time. And I was like, man, I got something to do with this money. So I went and uh, met with the bride and the groom. And we were, they were having the wedding ceremony. And my camera broke on me while the ceremony was going on. It locked up. And if I'm not mistaken, I either barred someone's camera. <laughs> this is, I mean, these were once in a lifetime photos that I was taking and I was getting paid for. My camera locked up on me. When my camera locked up on me, I immediately remembered the voice of the Lord that instructed me, pay 
your tithes. And I think I had to end up borrowing someone's camera. Either I had a, um, a point and shoot or something. I can't remember. It's been so long ago. But I do remember that God said, I told you to pay your tithes. So there are times when God will instruct us and he would tell us that I want you to do certain things and I want you to go certain places. And if you don't do them, it may cost you a whole lot. Some people, it may even cost them their life. Jonah did not want to obey God. Obedience, as I always say, is better than sacrifice. Now he was about to sacrifice almost his life because of disobedience. The word came to him. God told him to arise, go to Nineveh to preach there. But Jonah did. He arose, but he fled. How can you flee from the presence of God? There's no hiding place. And I'm speaking to that, that man or that woman that God is instructing you to do something. Maybe he's calling you into ministry. And it doesn't have to be the fivefold. It may be a ministry of helps or something. You don't want to do it. You don't have time. You're working two and three jobs. I, I, I don't. Maybe God is telling you to read more, to pray more, to fast more, to study more. And you don't want to do it. But when the day of trouble comes, if you had obeyed God, you would have had something to hold on to. Jonah was disobedient as a prophet. He was raised up for Nineveh, but he didn't want to preach to him. He did not want to prophesy to him. So he went down to Joppa. He uh, was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. And I want to stop right there because we're speaking about no hiding place. There's no hiding place. It's no place on the face of this planet you can hide from God. So he's trying to run from the presence of the Lord. I want to look at a few verses of scripture from the 139th division of Psalms, the first through the 12th verse. Let's take a look. It says, For the choir director a Psalm of David, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. Now, this is a Psalm of David. David is saying, that you have examined my heart. Examination, when you go to the doctor, the doctor tells you that they need to examine you to take off your clothes, your top, your bottom, and so forth. Um, they need to check you out. If you're getting a physical, they need to check you out, particularly if you have, I have a CDL license, so every two years I have to go to um, the doctor or the clinic or wherever it's set up at. They have to do a full physical, and I hate it because they check everything. They examine everything. So David is saying, you have examined my heart. And we all know from the heart flows the issues of life. And you know everything about me. That person that you with, they may think they know you, and they may know some things about you, but they don't know everything about you. Sometimes there are things in our heart that we try to hide from ourselves. 
But God is the one that examines our hearts and our mouth, and he knows everything. David said, you know, when I sit down, I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. David said, there's nothing I can do that you don't know. Just think about the magnitude of that just for a moment. There's nothing you can do and no place you can go that you can hide what you're doing or where you're located at from God. Nothing. Nothing. If you're in the act of some type of sin, God is looking right at you. Not only is God looking at you, but his holy angels are looking at you too. And every single thing that you're doing is being recorded. There is no hiding place. If you have a call in your life, you better listen. This is a warning, just warning, just like God gave Jonah a warning. This is a warning to you. You better heed that calling because it may cause you some trouble in the latter days. So he said, if I sit down, if I stand up, you know my thoughts if I'm near, you know my thoughts if I'm far away. He said, you see me when I travel, you see me when I'm at home, I'm watching a football game, you, you see me. When I said I was gonna spend this day in prayer and consecration, but yet I'm watching football all day, you see me, it's nothing I can do to hide from your presence, God. He says in the fourth verse, you know, what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You know, if I'm about to tell a lie, you already know it. You know what I'm going to say when I get in trouble. You know how I may divert from the truth. You know when I may lie. You already know what I'm going to say before I say it because you know the beginning from the end. He knows everything before you do it. Nothing catches God by surprise. Oftentimes when we have fallen and missed the mark, we're like, oh, oh, oh. And it's not a surprise to God. God is not surprised when we sin. He's not surprised when we do wrong. It doesn't catch him by surprise. Now, others may be surprised because they don't know your inwards and outwards. They don't know your life and when it began and when it ends. God knows all the in between. There is no hiding place. If you're living in sin, there's nothing that you do that is sinful that is hidden from God. Nothing. And I know some of you are probably saying, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> he says in the fifth verse, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I wish Jonah heard this. Oh, I wish he had heard what David had to say because he was trying to hide from the presence of God. He was literally trying to run from the presence of God. 
And you're going to find out he went into the bottom of the boat to go to sleep. How do you think you're going to hide from God? When God's eyes, when God's eyes is everywhere. He said, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. He said, I can never, ever get away from your presence. I cannot escape. There's no hiding place, no matter where I go. If I put the covers over my head, God is under the covers with me. <laughs> Whoo, gosh. He said, if I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. David is saying, if I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, you're there. If I can ride on the wings of the morning, if I can dwell in the Father's oceans, if I can hide in the cave or in the valleys, you are there. There is no hiding place from God. And I think that this is a warning in this hour. A warning in this hour that those that are trying to hide their sins the best thing you can do is confess when you've done wrong so that your sins can be blotted out by the blood of Jesus. Because your adversary will always try to keep you from confessing. He will always try to keep you hiding things. But there is no hiding place. He says, if I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. David said in darkness. If I remember the story correctly in Egypt, when darkness covered the land because of Moses and the plagues that he sent. It was an unusual darkness. Even in that darkness, God saw them all. David said, if he could speak to the darkness and have a conversation, if he could ask that darkness, darkness, would you hide me? If he could speak to the light and says, great light, surround me and become the night. There is no hiding place. <sighs> he says, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. That's powerful. David said that darkness and light is the same to God. So in the darkness, God sees whatever we're doing just as well as the lights were on. 
Men love darkness because it hides their evil deeds. Darkness. When you turn the lights off, you can hide. That's when crooks or burglars, they, they like to operate in the darkness. Because you can't see them, but God does. God said, there is no hiding place. Hey guys, that's all for this segment. I hope that this was a blessing. No hiding place. Um, want to be back real soon and uh, talk with you. And uh, I'm going to share some more secrets about this story. This is Voice of the Nations, Karen B. Bond Radio. Talk to you soon. Hey guys, the word of the Lord is being released today on this powerfully prophetic radio station, Bond Radio. Hey, this is Voice Over Nations. This is Carrie B. And I have a word from the Lord for you. I'm speaking about the prophet Jonah and I'm entitling this message, Running From the Lord. Jonah was a prophet that had been given instructions from the Lord, but he did not want to do it. Have you ever found yourself over the course of your walk with the Lord, God had instructed you to do something. Maybe wake up two or three o'clock in the morning and pray. Maybe fast for 12 hours. Whatever instruction he gave you, you just didn't feel like doing it. Well, that's how it was with Jonah. God had spoken to him in the first three verses of scripture in Jonah, the first chapter. Let's take a look at it once again. And uh, had given him an instruction to go to Nineveh which was about 725 or so miles from where he was. He didn't want to go there. God said, go and preach to the Ninevites. Tell him, tell them the word of the Lord so they can change their life. Preach against their sin. Jonah like, nah, Lord, I ain't doing that because I don't like them folks. Um, they are enemies. I don't like them. I ain't going. <laughs> so he decides to run from the Lord. Let's look at the scripture. Jonah, in the first chapter, first verse. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. That's the second verse. The third verse says, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now this is the part of the scripture that really just kind of gets me. I mean, it just kind of gets my attention. He's trying to run from the presence of the Lord. Um, the last segment I entitled No Hiding Place. Jonah was trying to hide from God. He's trying to run from God. He's running from the presence of the Lord. And it says he went down to Joppa, which was a seaport, which is where Tel Aviv is in Israel, uh, that region. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, Tarshish was the other direction, 3,000 miles away from where God told him to go. Now, you know that would have taken a while if you were going in a ship, 3,000 miles. It would have taken a minute to get there. He didn't care. He was hiding, as so he thought. But I'm reminded what the prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 23, 23 to 24. It says, am I a God? who is only close at hand, says the Lord. No, I am far away at the same time. 
Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth, says the Lord? The Lord is saying, you can't hide from me. He said, I'm not just close at hand, but I'm far away at the same time. You can be in your local city. I can be there. And someone can be around the world. I'm there too. He's um, omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. He says, can you hide from me in a secret place? Is there any person that can go to any place and hide? Well, I'm going to go to the Red Roof Inn and get me a little room for $60 and I'm going to hide from God. You can't hide. There's no hiding place. All you're doing is running from the Lord. And you know, when you're running from God, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when things that God told me to do, I just didn't want to do them. Um, I was in the process of my developmental stages in walking with God. I, I could have been in a season of sin that I just didn't want to hear nothing about the Bible. But whatever it was, I tried to run and it made me tired. Running from the Lord will make you tired. Jonah got in the ship. He paid the price, the fare to get in the ship. He went down to the bottom of the ship. The ship is going to Tarshish, 3,000 miles away in the opposite direction from the presence of the Lord. It was something about the presence of the Lord that Jonah just didn't want to deal with at that moment. Um, maybe he was having just one of those days or uh, seasons where um, he wasn't seeing any progress. Uh, he just was tired of ministering to people. There are times in season when you can get tired. The body can get tired. Your spirit can get tired. Uh, you can get worn. Your soul can get tired. And you just are flustered and frustrated and just need a vacation. He didn't want to do that. It doesn't tell us about his previous mission, but he knew the voice of the Lord and he knew it was God and he did not want to obey. In the fourth verse, let's pick it up here. It says, but the Lord, now remember, Jonah went down to Joppa. He got into a ship that was not going to Nineveh, but it was going to Tarshish, which was the other direction. He went to the bottom of the boat and he went to sleep. It said, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. He didn't say that Satan did that, even though he's the prince of the power of the air. It says that God did it. Sometimes we attribute our troubles to Satan when it's actually God. Because God can bring you some trouble also, and it will make you feel like it's coming from the devil. That's why you need discernment. But whenever you're obeying God, you will clearly hear his voice. You, you will hear his voice even when you're disobeying him. Let me just add that. So the Lord sent out a great wind. Uh, it was a mighty storm on the sea. The ship was about to be broken apart. And then the mariners were afraid. And every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down and was fast asleep. How in the, if, if you've been on a ship 
and I know this was not what we consider as a massive ship, uh, may have held 30 people, 40, whatever. I don't know how much it was, um, but I know it wasn't an ocean liner. I know it wasn't a big cruise ship that could hold thousands of people. Um, Jonah went down in the ship. Now, all of this storm, all of this rain, all of this wind that's blowing, and it's blowing so hard that the ship is about to be broken in pieces. The wind wanted Jonah. Sometimes, saints, you can be with the wrong people and they can cause you your life. Especially when they have a sentence on their life. Jonah, because he disobeyed the Lord, he now has a death sentence on his life. He's trying to get away from God. He's um, denying the calling on his life. He's put us, putting aside his prophetic, his prophet's mantle. Now he's trying to run from his calling. So God puts a death sentence on his life and we'll find out if Jonah had not repented at the end, he would have died. Sometimes you can be with the wrong people and you don't know what they did to offend God. Or you don't know what kind of curse they may have on your life. And you continually hanging around them and God is saying, you, you better stop hanging with her. You better stop hanging with him. And a lot of times the Lord doesn't tell you why. He just tells you to stop. And then you find out that person got in an accident and lost their life because it was a death sentence on their life, rather from the forces of darkness or from God. You know, I, I heard someone say one time, it's a famous minister, he said, um, I always, when someone asks me to pray for them, I always seek the face or seek the counsel of God first. Because if God is dealing with them, no matter what you pray for them, it's not going to work. If God has his hand on their life, and you're trying to pray that God takes his hand off unknowingly, you're wasting your time. And so he said, I always ask God, God, are you dealing with this person? He seeks the counsel of the Lord first before he prays. And I think that is great wisdom uh, in this hour. And as I said before, you can hang with the wrong people. You can ride or die with the wrong people. And you could die. Because what is on their life has to be accounted for. These people did not know who Jonah was. All they knew is that when they set out to sail, trying to get to Tarshish, that a windstorm arose. And it was so bad, they started throwing over the cargo. Now you know it must have been bad. They probably was throwing over the uh, medical supplies could have been, or the oars, or whatever. They were throwing over things that maybe they needed or didn't need to lighten the load of the ship. They could have even been throwing away uh, food supplies. It said Jonah was in the bottom of the ship. He had laid down and he was fast asleep. 
Now, I can't get my head around this because I've been on boats and um, you get seasick if you're not used to them. Whether they are a large ship or small ship, some people just get seasick. I went out fishing with some friends of mine years ago, and it was uh, about a 16-foot, 17-foot uh, John boat, aluminum boat. And we were just out in the waters, and uh, we're not in the ocean. We were just in the sound, and we were fishing, and the water was a little choppy. Oh, my gosh. I was so sick. Now, they were fine because they were used to it. But I was, I, I was glad when I got back to land and I was seasick for about two or three days. No exaggeration. Never felt like that before in my life. It was terrible. Jonah was down there sleeping when everybody else was fighting for their lives. How could this be? He was tired because he was running from the Lord. Whenever you're running from the Lord, I'm telling you, it makes you really tired. There's a wear on your on your your soul. It's a wear on your body because when you're running from God, He is opposing you like a wind, and no matter how much you push against it, it blows you back. In the sixth verse, it says, "So the captain came to him and said to him." I'm speaking about Jonah. The captain goes down to the bottom of the ship. He came to Jonah and he said, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we will not perish. You down here sleeping, man. We about to die. You don't even have a life vessel. You're not helping us. We're taking in water. The ship is being broken apart. We've thrown over everything and you down here sleeping. Jonah was asleep. I mean, hard sleep, snoring sleep. He said, call on your God so that we do not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Now, casting lots was a type of way where they found out uh, what they needed to know. Uh, There's about 70 times in the Old Testament when the Bible speaks about casting lots either for property or they cast a lot for Jesus, uh, his uh, robe when he was being crucified. It, I guess it's something like, uh, like if you're flipping a coin or something, if it's heads or tail, or uh, you have some straws and you pull the shortest on the longest. It doesn't really say exactly what it was, but it was some kind of way of finding out what was the cause of problem or what was the answer to a solution. So the captain is saying, all of us, we need to cast lots so that we can find out where this trouble is coming from. So they cast lots and a lot fell on Jonah. In other words, the trouble was pointing to Jonah. And then they said to him, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon? Why is this trouble coming to you? And it says, what is your occupation? What do you do? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? 
They didn't know Jonah. They didn't know who he was. All they knew is he was a person that paid the fare to get on the ship. He was in the bottom of the ship. He was sleeping. They pulled him up. They cast a lot. The lot fell on him. It says that you are the problem. And so now they're asking him, tell us something about yourself. Why is this trouble coming upon us? What is your occupation? I'm a prophet. Where do you come from? Israel. Who are your people? Jews, Hebrews, Israelites. So he's, he's pouring out all of this information. Now, he says, so he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord. If you feared the Lord, Jonah, why you try to run from him? The God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Jonah's on the sea. He, rec he recognizes that the sea is trying to get him because it was God that made the sea and the dry land. He said, I'm a Hebrew. And then the men, when they heard this, they were exceedingly afraid. They were scared. They knew about the Hebrew God. They were scared to death. And he said to him, why have you done this to us? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told him. They knew that Jonah was running from his God. Now, these people had multiple gods, the mariners. They knew that they should not offend their own personal gods. They knew the danger of it. And now they were seeing the danger of Jonah offending are trying to run from his God. Jonah was running from the Lord. How many of you that are listening to this broadcast today, you are running from something that is important to the Lord. God has been speaking to you over and over and over again. And you're not physically running, but you're disobeying. And that's just like running from God. I would encourage you, stop running, obey, and ask the Lord, Lord, what do you require of me? The men were afraid. They knew he had was running from the presence of the Lord because Jonah told them. And then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? Because we're going to have to do something to you. Now, what shall we do? so the sea can be calm. For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Now, why didn't he just jump into the sea himself? He said, pick me up, throw me into the sea. He knew the sea wanted him. He knew the winds and the waves were after him. He knew and they knew that if he didn't get off that boat, that all of them were gonna die. That's a word for someone. It says the sea was growing more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. And then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. I know that this trouble is because of me. I ain't want to tell you guys, but, but I know it's me. He said, pick me up, throw me into the sea. I would have grabbed him by the neck and, and body slammed him and curved kicked him and 
threw them right on over. That's just me. It says, nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land. They didn't want to do that to Jonah because they knew that he would die. They didn't want this man's blood on his hand, particularly if he was a Hebrew and had this powerful God. So the men rode hard to try to return to the land. But they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. What the Lord was saying, I don't want you guys. I want him. I want him. And I'm going to get him. If I don't get him, all of you are going to be in trouble. They tried to roll back. They couldn't make it because the wind was blowing against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Now they're crying out. They're praying to Jonah's God. They say, hey, uh, we're innocent of this. Please don't charge it with his death. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. They picked Jonah, little hiney up, threw him right in the ocean, in the sea. And immediately, the sea became calm. It stopped raging. And then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now listen, when they threw Jonah in the water, Jonah went under. I'm sure he was on the, the top swimming, trying to make it, crying out, screaming, help, help, help. But there is no help when you're running from the Lord. There is no help. There's no hiding place. Who's going to help you when God is after you? When God is behind you, who's going to help you? So they made a vow to God. Uh, they made sacrifices and so forth. To appease God. And in the 17th verse, and we're going to stop here. It said, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. The Lord prepared, as some folks call it a whale. The Bible says a fish. It probably was a whale. We want to say what the word says. The Lord prepared a, a great fish for him. The fish was prepared for Jonah. It was created. It was made for Jonah. It swallowed Jonah. Jonah was on the ocean, the sea. He was just screaming and crying out. His hands flapping up and down. He's sinking down and a great fish swallowed him. And Jonah remained in the belly of that fish for three days and three nights. Guys, that's all for this segment of the broadcast. This is Voice Over Nations. This is uh, Von Radio and Carrie B. I'm going to talk to you real soon. Make sure you tune back in. Share these broadcasts because I want to be a blessing to others. Amen.